Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. If you've got a Bible, turn real quick. I'm going to try and just just roll through this quick as I can because I know we're, God's already done a lot in this service. Um. Second Samuel chapter five um, and verse twelve. We uh, have been um, looking at the life of David and learning from uh, the life of David. Sorry, as I get organised here. Um, and last week we looked at a. Um, a familiar story in David where he, uh, he was down, remember? Was that last week? That was last week. He was down but not out. Um, and, uh, and so I want to I share, we're going we're gonna to round out the series and finish this up here. But um, this verse is, is a significant verse in the life of David. But I want to show you something that, that might be a little bit different. Um, but uh, but I do believe it will. Uh, I think I think it will help you. Um, but I want to. I, I, I think it points out something that I think is so um, such a fundamental key. And I think it goes very in line with what I've you know felt like God just just shared with us a little bit of a word for us um, to you stepping into the fullness. The fullness of what God has for you. How many of you want everything that God has for you? Um, and and what, what we need to do in order to experience that for our lives. So 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 12, it says this. It says, So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. So David knew, the word knew there, it's, it's, the Hebrew word is yadar. It means um, to perceive or to understand or to get a, a revelation of, if you like. So what this is saying is, this verse is saying that this is the moment that David realized who he was. It's interesting, this verse, because it's not, not so much interesting in and of itself, but more what's interesting in this verse is when David realized this and how far along in his life he actually was. This is the moment where for David, the penny dropped, if you like. It all made sense and David finally realized who he was in God. What's astounding is that we're hearing this in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 12. So when I read this verse, I want to go to David and be like, bro, did you not know this before? Now is the moment you realize that who you are in God, you realize now that God has called you to be king. You didn't think about this. You didn't realize this, David, when Samuel came and anointed you king. 
at this point where we read this verse, David has not just been anointed king once. Do you know that David was anointed king three times? And when we're reading this verse, David has been anointed king three times. When we're reading this verse, David is already on the throne. He has the little crown and people running around him, doing things for him. But it still didn't drop that David did not understand who he was as king. What I think this verse, this one verse gives us, I think some incredible insight into one of David's major struggles in his life. And it was the struggle of insecurity. And I know we don't talk about it too much. We talk about David the leader. We talk about David the fighter. And we know only too well the mistakes in David's life. But I want to show you even the mistakes, the main big mistake in David's life, how really it came about as a result of David being a man who struggled at times to know who he was in God. Maybe, maybe it, the root of insecurity began right back when he was a shepherd boy and his brothers were called to the house and he was left behind. That would make sense. Some scholars even say there is an argument to be put forward that David was actually an illegitimate child. There's a substantial argument that David's father, Jesse, slept with one of the slave, one of the servant girls, and David was a result of that. Some theologians believe that. And that maybe sort of makes sense, doesn't it, as to why Jesse would leave David out in the field and not invite him to the ceremony where Samuel anointed the king. But that's all we can speculate, but... Nevertheless, if you look at David's life, and I want to show you, you'll see these little moments pop up that don't make sense. And the only sense you can make of it is it highlights the fact that I think David at times struggled to understand truly who he was and what he was anointed to be. The very fact that we have this verse here, 21 years after David has been anointed king, 21 years of being anointed, 21 years of being a leader, 21 years of having victory after victory, 21 years of people calling you king, but you still didn't get it. I want to show you, and I want to just share with you just a quick thought today on what it is to secure yourself. To secure yourself. If you're going to be what God has called you to be in its fullest form, we are going to have to know how to secure ourselves as men and women of God. David, in this one of the, the, the stories in David's life that I think highlights. The fact that David didn't know who he was is the story when David first 
went to King Achish, who was the Philistine king. And the story goes, it's a bizarre story. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 21. But David goes, remember Saul is running down David. We talked about Achish last week. But this is the first time that David went to King Achish and Saul is, is hunting down David. And he's got nowhere to go. And so he goes back to King Achish. And, and it's an odd story because David shows up on his doorstep. And, and the Philistine soldiers, and the scripture says, put it on the screen in verse 11 and 12, it actually says that the Philistine soldiers saw David standing there. And when David started to talk to them, the Philistine soldiers, look at the wording of it. They actually say, is this not King David in front of us? Then David has this epiphany, he has this moment and he's like, oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> I killed your boy. <laughs> Sorry about that. And if you read the story, David freaks out. He doesn't know what to do, it's so bizarre. So he acts like he's crazy. And the Bible says that he lets saliva come down his mouth and he starts scratching at the, at the door. Like we're look, I mean, if you look at this picture, you feel like saying, bro, like, what are you doing? Clearly, we're looking at somebody who has forgotten who he is in the story. Isn't it interesting that David's enemy had a better idea of who David was than David did? There's a message in there for the people of God today. I think so many of us, we forget who we are and the enemy has a better understanding of who we are and the authority we carry than we do. I want to tell you it's a bad day for hell when the people of God finally understand who they are as men and women of the living God. That's a bad day in hell. When you understand who you are and you understand and you have a revelation that when you speak things out of your mouth, you have the power of life and death in the tongue, you would talk very different. When you understand that when you come into church or you're driving in your car and worship music is playing and you have the opportunity to worship, if you understood who you were and what you had in your presence right there, the power of the living God and the opportunity to begin to worship, you would take that moment and recognize that when you lift up the name of Jesus, that God would arise and your enemy would scatter. So one of the greatest strategies of the enemy is to prevent the people of God from really knowing truly who we are. If you understood who you were, you would wake up different in the morning. You would walk out of that door with your shoulders pulled back a little bit more. You would start to pray different. You would start to pray more if you had a revelation of who you were. But the enemy does not want you to understand who you are. And so we see this as a bit of a pattern in David's life. But this moment, this verse that we shared is this moment where he... He realizes that I want to give you real quickly, I want to give you three quick keys. Three quick keys to securing, securing yourself. For you to embrace the next season God has for you, you're going to have to be secure. You're going to have to be secure. 
Because you're going to have to leave some things behind in this season in order to step into the next season. And the things that you're going to have to leave behind are things that you found your security in. And in order for you to brace the fullness of what God has for your next season, you're going to have to cut off some things from your past that you found security in and anchor yourself in a security in knowing who you are as a man or woman of God, despite what you've been used to. The first thing I want you to see is it says that David knew that the Lord, say the Lord, that the Lord had established him as king. The Lord had established him as king. Of course, David is Old Covenant. This is Old Testament. So David is pre-Jesus. But we have Jesus, so I'm going to do it differently for you guys. And for us here today in the New Covenant, we have Jesus. So the first thing, the first point, number one, that I want you to write down in order to secure yourself, you have to secure yourself in the person of Jesus Christ. David said, God has done this. I am established because God has done it. It doesn't say he did it in and of himself. It doesn't say David came to this revelation of who he was because he had done so many great things. No, David knew in that moment that this is something that God has done in my life. The most secure thing that you can have in your life is an understanding of who you are in Christ Jesus. This is the power of the cross. When you understand who you are in Christ Jesus, that when you pray, you are not coming to God in and of yourself. We cannot do that. He is a perfect God and we are sinful people. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But when we come to Him through the blood of Jesus Christ, God does not see you as you are. He sees you filtered through the bloodstained cross of a living God that came and paid the price for your sin so you can have authority and security and come to Him knowing that it is in Jesus' name that I am secure, that it's in Jesus' name that you can be free, that you can walk free, that you can carry peace, that you can walk in a confidence in knowing that your steps are ordered by God because it is in Jesus' name. There's a power, there's a strength, there's a stability, there's a security, there's a confidence that comes to the people of God when we remember to secure ourselves in the person of Jesus Christ. But this is something that takes faith. Do you know that to be truly secure takes faith? And I know we don't talk about it often like that. We talk about faith in relation to things like believing for a blessing or believing for a healing. You need faith. But do you know that to be secure in who you are in Jesus Christ, that takes faith. Because I'm saying that declaring over your life that whom the sun sets free, the word says shall be free indeed. So I'm declaring over your life that you are free. But how many know sometimes here you wake up and you don't feel free? Okay, so that's why it takes faith. Now I know and I take it by the word of God and I receive it as a promise for my life. 
that God has called me, that God has anointed me, that I can be secure in that through Jesus Christ. But how many know I wake up some days and I don't feel called and I don't feel anointed? Some days I wake up and I feel like crap. I got it, I got it. Maybe you don't, but that's just me. Sometimes, some days I wake up and I don't feel like an overcomer. Some days I wake up and I feel like a straight up loser. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel, so listen, I just got to be straight. Sometimes I just feel like, I just feel like I'm not an overcomer. And, and if I leave the house like that, I'll leave insecure. And when I leave insecure, I'm more susceptible to attacks from the enemy because I'm looking around to different people, circumstances, places and things to identify me and help to ground my security. That's why it's so important that the moment you start feeling like you are not an overcomer, you take the Word of God and apply it with authority to your life and tell every devil in hell that Jesus Christ came and hung on a cross and you may not feel like it, but you're gonna take it by faith. This is what Paul said. Paul said in Galatians 2 and verse 20, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, now sometimes I don't feel like that. Sometimes I don't feel like, sometimes I don't feel like I've been, my old me is dead. Sometimes I don't feel like Christ is living in me. Sometimes I feel like Christ is a million miles away and the old me is running things again. But Paul says, he goes on and he said, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by six of you are awake. I'm so depressed. (laughs) Listen to me. Paul says, the life I live, I live by. So how are you going to wake up tomorrow and feel better about yourself? By. How are you going to go to work and work in a job that you hate and wish would finish and wish you'd get a promotion but still be secure in your life and in who you are? By faith. faith. It takes faith to be secure. It takes faith to be secure in Jesus. Don't wait till you feel it. Faith it. Faith it. Tell someone, faith it. I know you feel like you're a deadbeat, but just faith it. I know you feel like you're a loser, but faith it. I know you wish your life was better, but faith it. Remind yourself that God's hand is upon your life, that Jesus is in your heart, that your steps are ordered by God. Get up in the morning, even though you may not like what's ahead of you, and remind yourself that you are called, you are anointed, you're going to faith it today, and show the devil that you're going at this thing not by yourself. You're going at it with Jesus in your corner. I feel better. I feel better. I felt tired before, but I feel better now. You need this. Listen to me. Listen to me. You need this. I'm going to tell you, you need this. What you're about to step into, what God has for you, you're going to need to be the most secure you have ever been in your life because some people are going to cut you loose. Some people are going to talk about you. Some people are going to bag you out. Some people are going to pay you out. And you're going to have to sometimes stand what feels like all by yourself and remind yourself that God is with you. It's a season you're stepping into that God has called you to and you're going to need to be secure.
You're going to need to be secure. Some of you need to stop looking at social media to identify you and make you feel better. Some of you got to start getting in the Word of God and reminding yourself who you are in Christ Jesus. Because if I look to Instagram, Instagram says I'm not cool enough. People around you say you don't have enough. The news, you watch the news, they'll say you're not scared enough. But if we can get in the Word of God, the Word of God will tell you that you are enough. I thought of that all by myself. All by myself. The next one, the next one. Don't get me riled up. I've only got nine minutes left. You get me riled up and you'll be here all day and you'll miss lunch. Listen. It's the person of Jesus. It's the person of Jesus. Because when I understand who he is, I can become more secure in who I am because I'm made in his image. That's why the word of God is so important in our life. Because you know what the word of God does? It teaches me who he is. And knowing who he is helps me understand who I am. That's why James talked about the word of God as being like a mirror. And if I'm made in his image, the more I learn about him, the more I understand about me. You save yourself a lot of time, a lot of worry trying to find yourself. If you learn what it is to find yourself in Jesus. You know when you meet people and they're, they're on a journey? I just, gotta like, I just wanna just go and like find myself. You know, I don't know where this voice came from, but I just, we're just gonna roll with it, you know? I just gotta, I just gotta like, 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 just go, I just, I just need to go and like find myself, you know? Like, I, like, I just go. <laughs> I honestly don't know where this. Yeah. It's the Aussie in me, that's right. I want to tell you something. You, you won't find yourself up some Himalayan mountain. You'll find yourself in God's Word. Because God created you with a plan and a purpose for your life. And you'll best spend a lot of time, effort and money trying to travel the world, trying to find yourself when you need to find yourself in God. He's your creator. The next thing, real quickly, the next thing. David, it says that, David, he's, he's the verse, put the verse back up, 2 Samuel 5.12. It says that the Lord established David. He realized God has done this. He found who he was in God. Established him as king over Israel, that he had exalted his kingdom. His kingdom, capital H. Not David's kingdom, God's kingdom. You want to secure yourself? You want, you want to get stable and secure. You've got to know who you are in God. And, and you've also got to find your purpose in his kingdom. The second one. You, you will find incredible stability and security in your life. When your life is about the kingdom of God. Because that's what you were created for. 
What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, that's the way God works. Remember, I've talked about that before. It's the way God does things. Because some of you are bound in insecurity as a result of mistakes from your past. And that's not the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God says that your past is covered by the blood of Jesus. So you are not your past mistakes. When you understand, when we get a revelation that my life is about God's kingdom, I, I, I get then secure in who I am. That you won't go trying to find your identity in other people, places or achievements. Because in this day and age, that's, that's where we find our security. We find our security in, in what we do and what we accomplish. But what happens is if you find, if you're looking to find your security in what you accomplish, then the development of your security remains at your last accomplishment and you never grow out of that. You ever meet like a guy who's like 55? And, and back in the day in high school, he was like a track star and got all the chicks. And he still thinks he's that guy. You know what I'm talking about? And he's leaning on some sports car down in Newport Beach with his button undone, with his shirt undone too far and a gold chain, still trying to pull chicks because he still thinks that he's that track star. And you want to go up to him and shake him and say, bro, you're a hundred, stop it. <laughs> what has happened is he found his identity back in high school and he never grew out of it. And now it's limiting what he's called to walk in because his development was stunted back when he was 17 year old. <laughs> you cannot find your identity in what you do. You have to find your identity in the kingdom of God. That it's about building God's kingdom and not ours. It's about surrendering our life completely to His work and to His plan. And there's a level of freedom and security that we can find when we live in that. It's knowing what it is to build God's kingdom. Where did David fail? One of the biggest failings, if not his biggest. And we know the story is where David had an affair with Bathsheba. It's a bizarre thing to think that David, we know, we've, we've talked about David, the man after God's own heart. God himself said that of him. I want to go to David. I don't want to judge him, right? All my mistakes. But I mean, his was a pretty big one, let's be honest. Like... <laughs> I mean, just between us, like, I mean, he messed up with his chick, then smoked out, killed her husband. I mean, bro, we're getting into some pretty sketchy waters here. And I sort of want to sit down with David and just be honest and say, bro, like, just let's chat. How the heck did you let it get that bad? When you think about it, think about who he was. Think about the anointing upon his life. Think about the gifting. Think about the victories. Think about his position. Think about God's hand upon his life. And you, all of a sudden, you mess up that bad? Where did it all... 
Where did you start to spiral? Because what's interesting is it seems like in David's life, there's not like this spiral out of control to this really low point, does it? It seems like it's all of a sudden. That's what gets me. And then I found it. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. Who was David? David was a king. David was a king. At the time when kings go out to battle, that David, you can read it, it's on the screen, but that David <laughs> didn't go to battle. I'm getting lazy now. I just. <laughs> At the time when kings went out to battle, David, who was a king, stayed at home and was walking on the rooftop and that's when he saw Bathsheba. Why did David mess up? David messed up because he forgot who he was. Because if he had remembered who he was as king, he would have been where kings were supposed to be. And if he had been where kings were supposed to be, the enemy wouldn't have got him. Because he forgot what it was to be about the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God. David made it about his kingdom. And the second he did that, the enemy came in. You need to take yourself a lot more seriously. You are serious. You are bad news for hell, I promise you. You, you, you need to take, if you took yourself more seriously, you would not find yourself in some of the problems that you find yourself in. Because if you took yourself more seriously and you were more secure in who you are as a man or woman of God, you would choose different friends. You would date different people. God knows that's the truth. Do you know what? You would manage your money differently. You would. Because you would recognize that the money that you have is not yours to spend. It's God's to steward. You wouldn't be in some of the messes that you're in. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm actually here to help you and change your thinking to truly see who you really are and what you carry. And it's time for some of you to take yourself more seriously. And quit wasting some of the time that you're wasting. You don't have time to waste. There is an assignment that God has for your life to accomplish. But some of you, you have got distracted building your own kingdom and not God's. And if you build your own kingdom, you may be successful, but you will not be fulfilled. And there is a big difference between success and fulfillment. Because Saul saw success. Saul won every single battle he was in except for the last one. But what we have done in in the Western culture, we have confused and we have mixed together success and fulfillment. And they're two different things. 
But if you want to be fulfilled, you have to start building the kingdom of God, being about the kingdom of God, focusing on the kingdom of God, growing who you are in the kingdom of God. And then you will experience true fulfillment that will then lead to success in your life because God will not unlock the success until He sees that you're about the kingdom. Because he gives you, if He gives you the success without your focus on the kingdom, you'll take the glory for yourself and not Him. But when you're about the kingdom of God, when you're about the kingdom of God, even when you fail, even when you mess up, even when you feel like it's all over, you'll be able to get back up again. Because you recognize, you know what? God's kingdom is forgiveness. God's kingdom is restoration. And you can get back up out of the mess that you may feel like you find yourself in sometimes, like we all do. But just like what I preached last week, you may be down, but you are not out when the kingdom is your focus. Because when you're about the kingdom, you cannot stay where you are. You've got to get back up again, dust yourself off, remind yourself and your enemy and your haters that you're covered in the blood of Jesus and get on with what God has called you to do. The last thing real quickly, and I'm going to close. At the end of the verse, it says, So David knew the Lord had established him as king over Israel. and He has exalted his kingdom. The last few, few words of it. For the sake of his people, Israel. For the sake of people. You want to secure yourself? Get a passion for others. Passion for others. Self-absorption and insecurity are best friends. And they feed one another. Self-absorbed people are insecure and insecure people are self-absorbed. That's why they're insecure because they keep thinking of themselves and people that think of themselves are insecure. It's complicated. (laughs) But when you get passion for others and you get about building people, see, this is the heart of God. Jesus was all about others. I want to tell you something that's going to break your heart, but this whole thing is not about us. It's about others. I remember when we were doing the outdoor service last year and uh, I was on the break, I wasn't preaching. And, uh, you know, the team were carrying it and doing such an awesome job. And uh, I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was, uh, I was so used to, I got so used to doing this. Like I've done this now 17 years. And, and all of a sudden I was not doing it. I was going stir crazy. I started gardening. I mean, you know, that's bad. Like... <laughs> I started like, I, 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 I remember I was at church and, and we were sitting out the front, out, out under the tent. 
and uh, I'm waiting for service to start. Again, I just didn't know what to like. I just was not used to it. Like normally I'm, you know, scrambling notes and praying and just trying to get last thoughts. And But, you know, I think Cody or one of the team were preaching. So I'm sort of just, just standing there like, you know, not sure what I was doing. <laughs> because my, my so much of you, you cannot even find your identity in doing something for God. Because otherwise, this will be, become my identity. And my identity can't be found in this. It's got to be found in Him. And so I remember standing there and so I'm like, okay. I, and, and it was one of those days where it was like super hot, you know, outside. And so I was looking over and the ushers were, people were still coming in and it was, you know, we were overflowing onto the grass. And so they're putting chairs out and the ushers are doing such a great job working hard. And I thought, look, I'm going to go and like help some of these ushers with these chairs. So I go out and I'm getting chairs. And then I, I, this lady walks up and she's got like a, a kid with her. He must have been like seven or so. And she walks up to one of the ushers and, and she says, hey, um, it's my first time. Do you, uh, can you show me where the, tell me where the kids' church is? And the usher was trying to put out seats as well. And there were other people that were talking to him that he was helping. So he said to this lady, listen, it's ju- just go down to the edge of the building and take a left and you'll see it down there. And I overheard the conversation and I sort of saw the lady's face and you know, I knew she'd said it was her first time. And so I went over to her and said, hey, listen, I, do you want me to walk you down there? Like show you where to go? And she said, yeah, that would be great. So we start walking down, you know, the side. And so I said hello to her son. He was like seven or so. And, and I said, hey, bro, how are you? And he said, good. And I said, what's your name? And he said, oh, my name's Jordan. And I said, hey, Jordan. I said, that's the name of my favourite basketballer. And he sort of smiled like, you know. And so we're sort of just talk, talking and and then as I'm sort of talking to them, I sort of started thinking, man, this is a lot. Like Jordan's seven, like I've got a five-year-old son. Like Jordan's by himself. We're about to go to kid, you know, the kids' church. You know, there's a lot of kids in there. So I'm like, Jordan, do you know anybody in there? And he's like, no. And I'm like, bro, like, you don't know anyone? And he's looking at me like, no, it's fine. But like, I was like more concerned about it than he was, you know, he was sort of like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, bro, like he doesn't think about it. The kid's like seven. There's no siblings around him. He doesn't have any friends in there. And so I'm like, I said to the mum, do you know anyone? She said, no. I said, you just going to just drop him off there? <laughs> like, I don't want to tell you how to parent, but I'm worried. <laughs> She's like, yeah, he'll be fine. I'm like, but Willie. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking of this kid. I'm like, Jordan, like, and I keep, as we're walking close, I'm like, you sure you're good? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> And we get to the, the door and, and the team are amazing. It's, you know, they're ready to sign him in and, and, and you know, they, they walk him up the stairs. I'm like, oh, should I? I said, let me just walk up. I said, mum, do you want to walk up? She said, no, he's fine. I said, no, let's walk him up. So I walk up and like I walk in the room because now I'm seeing everything, not through my eyes, but now I'm seeing everything through Jordan's eyes. And I start thinking, okay. And so we get in there and he sort of just was fine. He was like standing there and, you know, I'm looking around at other kids and I'm like, I think the team back there thought like, Ben, like, what are you doing? But 
I was like grabbing like random kids and like telling them to talk to Jordan. <laughs> kids are like, leave me alone. Like, I'm like, just shut up and talk. He doesn't know anybody. Like, <laughs> I'm telling teachers like, hey, this is, this is his first time. And they're like, yeah, we know. Like, <laughs> at this point, I think Jordan just wanted me to leave. You know, he's like, bro, like I got this. I'm like, yeah, but do you? Really, Jordan, do you have this? Finally, like, and his mum, and, 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 and so finally she's like, well, he's good, he's fine. So we sort of leave, and she's leaving, just walking away fine. And I'm like, see you, Jordan. You're going to be all right. I feel like I'm his dad. Like, it was just weird. Like, and so we, we see him, and again, I said, do you think he'll be all right? She said, yeah, he's fine. Then as we're walking back to the tent, I realised well, you don't know anybody either. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, well, who are you going to sit with? <laughs> and she's like, I mean, I'll just sit by myself. I said, no, you can't sit by yourself. We need to find someone for you to sit with. And I think she genuinely didn't want to, you know, meet like a random stranger. But again, I was probably doing stuff I shouldn't, but I was just grabbing people, being like, hey, meet, <laughs> you know, I forget her name, whatever. Meet this lady. <laughs> I'm like grabbing random women. Like, I'm so sorry if I grabbed you. But like, like, I'm like, hey, 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 hey. Come here, come meet. And you, hey, hey, this is you. And this, you know, like, and they're both looking at me like, leave us alone. <laughs> but I remember finally, like, you know, we got out to a seat. And again, it was like the same thing. I didn't want to leave. I'm like, are you good? She's like, yes, please. <laughs> okay, I'll see you later. My new friend. Like, <laughs> I remember I got back to my seat and I remember I got back to my seat and I felt so different because before I was sort of insecure about what to do because I was so used to doing this. But then when I got that opportunity to meet Jordan and his mom. I realized that this is actually all about that. And I remember standing on the front row and I thought, God, don't let me get so caught up doing this that I forget that it's about that. That what we're doing here, everything that we're doing and the the sermons and the preaching and the the singing and all of the stuff that's great and that's amazing. But if we're not impacting Jordan... What are we doing? And when we make our life less about us, and and I know many of you in here have had horrible journeys and challenges and difficulties that you've gone through much like David. And you've made mistakes and things haven't always worked out. But I do wanna tell you this, there's a fundamental principle within the kingdom of God. And it is if we shift our focus off ourselves and onto others, I promise you, you will start to feel a lot better about what you were insecure about before. Because this is the kingdom of God. This is Jesus. This is the heart of God. This is what we have to be about. When you, when you make your life about others, you get 
secure. You get stable. And when you're stable, you can be more confident because now you have a new passion that is not yourself, it's somebody else. In a few weeks' time, we're going to have Easter Sunday. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We're all going to come in a nice suit and a pretty hat to church because that's what Christians do at Easter. It's funny because it's true. But I want to challenge us this Easter like I do every, every year. Let's not make this Easter about us. Let's make it less about our pretty hat and a nice suit. And let's make it more about our neighbour, our friend, our kid. Drag them to church. Don't give up. Make this Sunday, this Easter Sunday, in a few weeks' time, Make it about others. Let's see the greatest, let's see more souls won this Easter Sunday than ever before. Let's bring them. Let's reach out to people. Let's focus for the next few weeks. I'm not asking you to be weird and all of that. Ask God, God will show you. I'm not saying be weird, but I am saying don't be afraid. Reach out to people. We're going to be doing Easter Sunday outside in the tent. We're getting the tent back and we're going to to roll out. Listen, we're going to roll out Good Friday service in here, 6 p.m. Friday night. Then we are doing an outdoor Easter Saturday night outdoor service under the stars at 6 p.m. in the tent. If you've got stuff happening Sunday or whatever. Then on Sunday, we're doing 9am and 11am outside in the tent. And I'm going to preach Jesus. And we're going to get people saved. And we're going to love on people. And we're going to show them that there is freedom through Jesus. And we're not going to be religious about it or just traditional about it. We're going to encounter God like never before. And we're going to see a revival in Orange County under the tent on Easter Sunday. But I need you to bring someone. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.